For those of you that are new on podcast at home, I'm Charlie, this is Benaya, and this is our son, Bear. The chubbiest cheeks in the world. Hello. Hi, church. How are you? That's good. Hey, just a quick announcement. Um, we're at capacity today, service-wise. Um, so just to give you the heads up, in the coming weeks or even, yeah, probably weeks, maybe months, we might have to go to two services on a Sunday morning, uh, which is exciting. But we just want to make sure that with the government regulations at the moment that we're doing things well and doing things right. So just to, we had a lot of our church family away today. If they were to be here, uh, we would be sending people away. So we need to make sure that we find ways to do that. So just a bit of a heads up for your mindsets that there might be an option soon to go to one of two services on a Sunday, Sunday morning probably, um, which would be fantastic. So just be aware, um, yeah, keep you posted. And then the, the process will be just RSVPing to one of those services, whatever, whatever you want to do, um, so we can fill out those services. Does that sound good? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. How exciting. And don't hear that as like, I'm going to stay away so that other people can have my seat. No, no. You are important and you need to be here. You in this place matters. So don't give up your seat for someone. We want you here. We want you around. We'll just do extra services. So make sure that you're still here. Jesus. I'm really, really excited for this morning. I'm really excited. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray, if that is okay, because <laughs> I think that's a good idea. All right, let us pray. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are just... So incredible, so amazing, so unfathomable. You are perfection in every way. And this morning, I just actually take a minute to honour you, King Jesus, <laughs> because you are King Jesus. I love what Michelle said, you know, she met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this morning, God, we, we honour you. We honour your rightful place as Lord of your church, as Lord over this city, over this state, over this nation, over the world. God, I thank you that you are still on your throne, that you are still in control, that you are still holding every single person and being and molecule and atom and cell in the whole entire universe, God, that your breath breathed galaxies and absolute beautiful, incredible, sometimes incomprehensible creation into existence, God. You did that and you are still doing that. And this morning, God, we just remember who you are. My gosh, church, let's just refocus for a second 
our God is good. Our God is all-powerful. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. He is the beginning. He is the end. He does not fault. He does not fail. He does not make mistakes. He does not let us down. He does not give up on us. He does not leave us. He does not abandon us. He is present. He is good. He is faithful. He is here. And this morning, God, we just want you to be you. We just... We don't want to get in your way, God. I don't want to get in your way this morning. I don't want us to put on our Christian hats and our good Sunday best and come to you in this place and think that we're doing you a a service and a favour. We want to be the church. We want to be all that you have called us to be, God. And in that there is grace, in that there is kindness, in that there is generosity, in that there is power, there is forgiveness, there is restoration, there is healing, there is salvations. And Father, I just pray this morning, I just, I invite you, come and do what you need to do in our hearts. Come and reposition us. Come and heal us. Come and love us. Come and bring correction if we need it. Thank you, God. If you're a Christian in this place, I just ask that you just start to pray. If you speak in tongues, you can speak in tongues quietly. If you would like to just be praying in your heart, you can do that too. But let's just take a moment just to position ourselves ready to receive. Thank you, God. Thank you, King Jesus. Just continue to pray, continue to position your hearts, whether it's quietly, whether it's just in yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I ask for rivers of living water this morning. Holy Spirit to flow, to flow so freely. Rivers of living water. Father, I actually ask that you start to awaken us. Awaken our spirits again from the areas that have fallen dim and dull and fallen asleep inside of us. God, for the moments that we've forgotten your promises, I actually ask that you start to stir us up again as your church, as your people. 
Holy Spirit, start to awaken people's spirits in this house this morning. Start to awaken us again to Your voice, to Your promises, to the truth of Your Word, the truth of who You are, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I want you to keep that atmosphere. And I know if, if you've been in this church for any amount of time, I'm not, I don't get offended if you want to keep your eyes shut or if you want to kneel or if you want to sit. Like, I'm, I don't need your focus and your attention. I want you to hear God this morning. So if you need to just stay in that river in that moment, that's okay. Um, but I just want to share I just feel like there's just such a stirring that I feel like the Holy Spirit has put on my heart recently. And I just, there's so much going on in our world that, and I I don't know whether I've mentioned this before to you, church, but there's kind of this tension, I guess, between Benoit and I as pastors. And we go from, obviously, we're living in the world. We are living in a season that is so interesting in our world. (laughs) Um... We want to be aware of that. We don't want to be naive to that. We don't want to pretend that nothing's happening and live in like a fantasy world. So we've got that side. But then there's this other tension on us that is we are still kingdom. We are still believing God for miracles and supernatural and incredible, you know, speaking faith, speaking the truth of God, speaking all of that sort of thing. And I guess for us, when we come to a Sunday, it's just challenging because we want, to, we want to empower, you know, our job as, as pastors is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's to come together on a Sunday and equip you guys with what you need to go out into your world. And so I just feel like there's this kind of tension to be like, yes, coronavirus, yes, the world, yes, all of this. But then at the same time, yes, God, kingdom, salvation, He's bigger, He's greater, He's more powerful. So just... And I'm, I'm being pretty honest, like letting you know about that tension. So just, I think I have, have grace in that, that we do have that tension of knowing what to say and knowing how to bring a word that's, you know, going to be helpful to you guys, but also to be true to what we feel like the Holy Spirit's doing. So go with me this morning in saying all of that. <laughs> Buckle in <laughs> and come on a journey. Um because I don't ever want to be insensitive and I don't ever want to be insensitive to both the Holy Spirit and to the people. Um, So I just feel like in saying all of that, lots of words, um, there is just this this stirring in my heart that we had a pastor's day here yesterday, which was amazing. And, you know, we got to gather together. If you don't know, Benara and I, we oversee our region of ACC, which is from Helensburg down to Eden. And we oversee the churches, the ACC churches in that. So we get to minister to a lot of pastors and we gather together once every six months to bless them. And we did that yesterday. Um, and it was amazing. And we, we feel very privileged to be able to do that. But I just said to Benara afterwards, I was like, there's just this sense I don't know, that maybe we've forgotten who we are as the church and we can get so focused on, you know, what's going on in the world that we lose sight of who God is and He hasn't changed and our world looks different and we, you know, are going through an interesting season. 
But our God is still God. He is still powerful. He is still steadfast. He is still on the throne. He is still in control. He's not scared of anything that's going on. He's not surprised by anything that's going on. He's God. And I just feel like as the church, we have this challenge of living in our season, living in our world. But at the same time, I kind of feel like even for us, you know, we can say the church in bigger terms, but then we can say us as Celebration Church, remembering who God's called us to be. And in this season, we should be shining brighter than ever before. We should be a city on a hill. Actually, why don't I read that verse and paraphrase it because that's not good. Um, So it's Matthew... Matthew 5, if you've got your Bibles there, I don't have it on the screen. I'm so sorry. Matthew 5.13 says, You, and this is Jesus talking, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. We are the salt of the earth. I don't want us to lose our saltiness as the church. We can't lose that edge of we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and all power and authority has been given to us. It goes on in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men in such a way. And I love this. It's never just so that we look good. It's never so that we put on our Christian best and be like, well, I am a light of the world. I am salty. Um, It's not that. We do that, but then in verse 16, he makes it so plain, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are supposed to be light and salt so that we can point the world to our Father, so that we can in this season go, do you know what? Our God is still good. Our God is still on the throne. Our God still heals. Our God is still in control. And it's not about us big noting ourselves and we are the church, so we're better than you and we're on a lampstand. We are doing that, but we should be doing that so that we can pick people up, so that we can go into our areas of influence and go, this is who God is. I am doing this so that you know who our Father is, so that we can glorify our Father in heaven and we can point the world to Him because we don't have the answers. I think sometimes the church thinks that they have to have all of the answers to everything. I'm a senior pastor. I don't have the answers to most things. (laughs) No, shock horror. I am so human. I am so like you in every way. Um, But I know the truth of the word. I know the truth of who he is. I can point people to Jesus with no problems. I can point people to the truth of the word with no problems because I get it wrong all the time. And I just want us to be reminded. It might seem a little bit disjointed today, but like I said, just go with me because I just feel like As the church, we need to be awakened, but we need to rise up again as the church. 
in this season, I love that we're at capacity. I love that we're talking about going to more services because the church should not be shrinking back in this season. We should not be sitting. And Paul Bartlett, who's our state president over ACC, he said something really interesting. He said, this was yesterday when he was talking to the pastors, he said, you know, churches just shouldn't be sitting and waiting for things to go back to normal, in quotation marks. And I've said that to Benaiah. And so he said that and I went, oh, bit of conviction there, Holy Spirit. That's really interesting. Ouch, that kind of maybe offends me a little bit. But because I had had that conversation with Benaiah, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. I can't wait for things to go back to normal where we can worship again. I can't wait for things to go back to normal where we don't have to social distance. And when he said that, he said, church shouldn't be waiting for things to go back to normal. We should still be advancing. We should still be moving forward. We should still be being the church. We should still be being Jesus' hands and feet now more than ever in our community, in your workplaces, where there's fear, where there's people that have answers. You might not have all the answers, but you have Jesus. You might not have all the answers, but you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We as the church should not be shrinking back, should not be hiding in our little corner, should not be saying, oh, well, we'll wait for it to all go back to normal. We should be going, do you know what, God? You have given us this absolutely incredible opportunity to be the church, to be the light on a hill, to be the, you know, the salt of the world. We have this opportunity where everyone is asking questions. There's confusion, there's fear, there's doubt, there's sickness, there's all these things going on. My gosh, church, could we ask for a more divine opportunity for you guys to go, do you know what? This is who God is. This is who He has called us to be. We pray for revival. This is so good. We pray for revival. We say, God, come and move. Come and use us. Okay, He gives us a situation where we need Him more than ever before, where we can actually be revival more than ever before, where you can bring truth and life and healing and justice into situations more than ever before. And yet we get scared. We go, oh, well, God, this messes up our plan. I can't worship on Sunday. How offensive that I have to reply on RSVP to church to be able to come and get a seat. Like, and yet we have such a beautiful opportunity to talk to our work friends and go, what do you think about this? What do you think about like, what? I mean, even like, you know, again, Pastor Paul used, he used this example yesterday. He said, you know, people say, ask the question, why do good things happen to bad people? What if you ask that question? Well, why do you think good things happen to bad people? And it gets, it gets, you know, I mean, why do I said that wrong? Hey, why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> so I caught myself. Why did what did I say? Why? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> grace, church, grace. Um, but whatever the term is. But asking other people, if if you know, people in your workplace think. You know, oh, you know, well, you're a Christian and what does God say about, what does God think about all this virus stuff? What do you think God thinks about it? Get them to think about it. Get them to start the conversations. Get them to actually start to investigate during this season. What is God doing? Okay, He's not forgotten us. He's not left us lonely. He's not, you know, out of control. Like this is just such a divine opportunity. And we said at the beginning of this year, we've got it up here that we believe 
that this year is a year for the roar of revival. The roar of revival, church. That doesn't stop. It's not put on hold. It's not like we're like, whoops, pause button for six months and we'll come back to it when we, everything's normal. Do you know what? I don't want to wait for normal because I actually don't want normal. I think if we're coming back to church and we're coming back to this, I want it to be different. I want it to be a little bit spicy. I want it to be a little bit out of the ordinary. I want it to be a little bit, you know, crazy. I want there to be an edge that it's not normal. It's not normal who we are as a church. It shouldn't be every Sunday. You know, I just so believe, I so believe in the church. I so believe in us gathering together like this. But I also believe that it just doesn't stop here. It just doesn't stop here. You know, who you are on a Sunday is the same as who you are on a Monday. You have the same God. You have the same power. You have the same authority. You have the same identity. You're not special when you sit in this room that all of a sudden now you're part of a Christian club. That should go with you into every day of your week. We talk about the church. I love the church. But I, I see the church as you guys going out and be in the church. You are the church in your workplaces. You are the church with your family. You are the church with your next door neighbor. You are the church with the tradie that comes to do work at your house. You are the church. And so we talk about, we want church to go back to normal. What does that look like? What even is normal? Like we will worship, we will pray, we will do hands-on ministry. I'm sure all of that stuff will come back eventually. But that idea of normal, just irks me a little bit. Like I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want normal. Like I want supernatural. I want incredible. I want revival. I want to come to church every Sunday going, God, I don't know what you're going to do because you are so powerful and you are so majestic and you could do anything in our service and mess us up completely. And I'm excited for that. I don't want us coming to a service going, oh, it's normal this week. Like, I just, I don't want that. I don't want to come being normal. I want to come knowing that, God, you have a plan and a purpose for us. We're going to gather, gather together. There's going to be power in the room. There's going to be miracles in the room. There's going to be people touched and ministered to in the room. People are going to be encouraged. People are going to be set free. But there ain't going to be anything normal about it because it's the kingdom, yeah? In Jesus' name. Can I read this scripture to you? It's going to be on the screen. The Isaiah... 43, 43, 19, or 18, beautiful. All right. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. So again, this is something that Pastor Paul shared yesterday. And it just, again, triggered something in me. Because for that very first section when he says, who builds a road right through the oceans and carves a path through the pounding waves, he's talking about when God led Israel through um, and he parted the Red Sea. Yeah, so he's referring to that. Which again, it's like a testimony of what God's done. And how often do we go, we hold on to the testimony that God did 500 years ago and we share it and we talk about it, which is great. Like that's, that's good. It's good to acknowledge the things that God has done. But I love this. Forget about what's happened. 
Don't keep going on over old history. How many times do we hold on to things like what God has done, but we hold on to it so tightly and we keep going back to it like the testimony of what God did maybe when you first got saved or maybe 20 years ago or even maybe five years ago, that we focus so much on that that we're like, God, you did this, you did this, you did this. And that's great. Like I'm saying, we yes, we have to acknowledge and testify about God's goodness. But if we keep focusing on that, we can't see what He wants to do and what He's about to do and the new thing. And this is what He says, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Is there another slide? Rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say thank you. The coyotes and the buzzards because I provided water in the desert. Rivers through the sun-baked earth. Drinking water for the people I chose. The people I made especially for myself. A people custom made to praise me. And I just want to bring your attention, Celebration Church, to that. Let's not keep going over old history and going, God, yeah, it was so great when you did that back then or we're so excited for the normal to come back to church. No, because it says be alert, which means we actually have to be on the ball with what God wants to do. We have to be on the ball spiritually with our eyes open to see that He is doing a new thing. Are we ready for something new? Are we ready for something fresh? Are we ready to be shaken up and confused maybe? Or do we think that church has to be Sunday, normal? This whole idea of we want to go back to normal. What if God wants to do something new? Or are we like this? Oh God, what you did was so great. Like I'm so, I'll use me as an example because then maybe it's not offensive to people. For me, when God healed me, God, you healed me last year. It was about this time last year. God, you healed me last year. I'm so excited. Like, that was amazing. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for healing me, God. I'm just going to really focus. The healing last year was so good. God, I know that you can heal because you did it there. That's when you healed me. And I'm so thankful for that. Meanwhile... Charlotte! Charlotte! God! Charlotte, come on! Charlie, whatever you call me, because my name's actually Charlotte. That might confuse people. My name is Charlotte, but people call me Charlie. Charlotte, Charlie, nickname, holiday, lady. Do you see? Can you see out all the... Can you see up there, up there, what God wants to do? Can you see... Oh. Oh God, that healing, just right there, that speck, I see it. Oh my goodness. And you know what? Sorry for everyone that can't see me on on Zoom. Ryan's like, whoa. Oh, actually also for people on the podcast, I'm so sorry, that would be very confusing. You just hear this like (laughs) elephant stomping. I'm like, what is going on in church this morning? Um. And I'm not saying, I'm not disregarding and I'm not being rude to what God has done because that is incredible. And for me, when God healed me, my gosh, my life has changed. And someone asked me this week, has has the pain come back yet? And I said, yet? No, of course it hasn't. 
But I don't want to be so focused on what God did that I miss what God wants to do, that I miss out there. Look, even out there, beautiful, big, sunny, green, bright, expansive space. And if I'm down here going, oh God, that was amazing. And I stop there, I limit. And as the church, as Celebration Church, but also as the broader church, let's be alert Let's lift our gaze and go, God, I don't want to wait for normal. I want to be excited and expectant today for what you can do. Because He's saying, I'm going to do a new thing. And I still believe with all of my heart, with everything in me, that our God is the God of revival. Sorry, China, I keep pointing at you. but it's, 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 I realize it's like, I'm like... It's the sign behind her, but it's also her. She's revival in Jesus' name. Um, But the roar of revival, that is still God's plan. That is still His heart. Our God doesn't stop and say, do you know what? When we can international travel again, then I'm going to come and save your city and heal your family and restore that broken relationship. He doesn't do that. God's not waiting. Why do we wait? Why are we suddenly going, oh, this is awkward. We don't know what to do with this. It doesn't matter. It might look different, yes. It might mean that we have to adapt, yes. It might mean that we have to social distance in church and RSVP online, yes. But it does not mean that He is done. It does not mean that He is finished. It does not mean that He is over for us as a church or put on pause as a church. It just means we got to go with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what do you have for us? because it's new and it's different and it's exciting. And I want to so be alert for it and aware for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All that like squatting and running and be puffed. Let me just gather my thoughts. Um, I want to share this, if that's okay. I'm sorry it's not like a, no, I'm not sorry. Sorry, I take my apology back. I am not sorry. No, I realize sometimes like I'm apologetic when I preach. Someone mentioned that to me before. Like you're very apologetic sometimes or you're very like, you know, say, does that make sense? Do we get it? And they're like, just, it's all good. Like it's fine. Anyway, I'm learning. I'm learning. Grace. Um, Where are we? Luke 10. That is on the slides. My beautiful AV people. I'm so sorry. I'm jumping all over the place. Luke 10, where it says, man, woman of greatness. It's like the fourth, should be maybe last slide. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 10, 19 while we wait. (laughs) Awesome. Because again, you have to also understand who you are in this season. I think it's twofold. It's understanding and remembering who God is. Like what we said, God wants to do a new thing. But then the other side of it is understanding your role to play and knowing who you are in this season. Because who God is doesn't change, but also who you are doesn't change. His promises over your life, the grace that He's given you, the authority that He's given you, it's not stopped or put on pause. Who you are in the kingdom is still who you are in the kingdom. And I want to share this verse with you. And then I just want to share a really cool thought. So Luke 10, 19. Oh, you're wonderful, A.V. Wonderful, Alan. 
see you up there. How good's Alan? So good. What a great guy. Amazing. So it says, this is Jesus, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. All authority. And I just want to pause on that word authority. Authority is different than power. I think sometimes we can think, you know, as the church or as Christians, that we have to force power on people and we're all powerful because, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but we'll just go with that. Um, But authority has been given. That's different. God has given you all authority, which means that you are above and you are over. And it says the power of the enemy. And I just want us to focus on this thought of who you are, like actually inward, inward think, inward think, inwardly think, inward think about you right now, who you are in the kingdom. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up in what's going on naturally. So whether it's our natural circumstances, it could be health, it could be relationships, it could be jobs, it could be careers, it could be finances, it could be kids or no kids. It could be single or married. It could be all of these things that outwardly we see ourselves as and we define ourselves as this. And I just really want to challenge that thought of who do you see yourself as? And does that align up with who God sees you as? And I want to use this example. Um, A couple of years ago, I shared this yesterday with the pastors, a couple of years ago, I was sitting over there and Benaiah was preaching. And we love Benaiah. Obviously, he's my husband. I love him. Um, But even as a church, you know, he's, you know, he's sometimes awkward. He does funny dad jokes. And and who Benaiah is, you know, he's six foot something. He's, you know, big, scruffy face. Like, naturally, you see Benaiah when he's up here preaching. And I was sitting there and I was obviously listening to him preaching. And then it was like in this second, the Holy Spirit showed me who he was spiritually. And I, I honestly cannot express, church, how incredible it was for me, but also how much it kind of impacted me in terms of how we view, how I view myself and how we view each other. Because Benai was standing right here. He was preaching, he was sharing. And I was sitting over there, I was looking at him. But when I looked at him in the Spirit, he, I could probably only just see his legs and his knees were like at the roof because spiritually, the weight, the authority, the scars that he has borne for the kingdom, the battles that he has fought for the kingdom, the what he carries, his grace, the promises that he holds is so much bigger than his natural stature that when he walks into a room, this building can't even contain who he is. And that's not for me just to say, well, he's incredible. I actually think that that is the truth for all of us of who you are in the kingdom is very different to what you look like physically. I think that sometimes even the way that we relate to each other, we relate to each other as we are. You know, I see Hayley sitting there. She's a hairdresser. She's one of my best friends. I've known her for years. But I can look at Haley as Haley, or I can see her with her sword drawn, with her shield drawn as the warrior that she is, with all of her army of angels around her ready to minister at a moment. But that's not just for Haley, that's for all of us. And so I think for you guys to be reminded and for the church to be reminded, number one, who our God is, but number two, who you are. 
you have a weight and authority and a story, even what we've been hearing about the testimonies. You know, God is doing stuff in your life that is worth telling. It's worth you doing something with your life that's not just, you don't just come to church and that's enough because you sit in a seat and you're just here. Who you are actually in the kingdom is big and, you know, expansive and your capacity is large. And I just, I want to challenge us with the way that we live our lives. And even that thought of, even let's use the miracle offering next week. An incredible opportunity for us to be able to give and give. Giving honestly does something. It breaks something over your own life when you give, but over who you're giving to, like obviously we're giving to the church. And we, Benara and I have been so blessed this week, especially we had an incredible amount of blessing come in this week from individual people to the point where I actually felt embarrassed. And it was like this weird kind of moment with me and God going, I feel so okay to give to people, but when I receive, it actually makes me feel a little bit awkward sometimes. And like training my mind to be like, it's actually okay to receive blessing as well as giving blessing. Anyway, that's a separate conversation. But those people that gave to Benara and I this week would have had no idea the prayers that we were praying, no idea the wrestles that were going on in our hearts, that their giving actually answered prayers. And it wasn't like specifically like, you know, we got a gift voucher for, you know, somewhere to go for dinner. And it wasn't like Benara and I were sitting at home going, God, we really pray for this specific gift voucher and this specific amount. And it wasn't like the prayers were answered like that. It was more deep wrestles and questions and the spirit of their giving actually answered questions in our hearts of going, okay, God, like, I don't know if I can explain that. So we have been incredibly blessed this week, but with even giving for the miracle offering, you can sit there and you can think, oh, it's all good because, you know, other people will give and maybe I'll just, it doesn't really matter what I give and well, I don't know, it's, it's all good. If you just see yourself in the natural, that's probably the way that you think. Whether you give or not, it doesn't matter. But if you actually saw yourself in the Spirit and you saw that when you act out with your authority, with your grace, when you actually sow into something, that that changes things, that breaks things, it shifts things. It's not just about giving for the sake of giving, but it's about you playing your part in building the church. It's about you playing your part and being faithful with what God, what God has given you and who you are spiritually in the kingdom. Like even now in this room, we can just be sitting in a room together, but I can fully imagine and fully see you know, the bigness of who you are in God, the angels that are around you. Some of you have beautiful war wounds and scars because you've been through stuff, but you're still here. Others of you are fighting battles. So like I said with Haley, you've got your swords and then your shields drawn. Other of, others of you are going through beautiful blessing and provision where you just feel like the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart and watering a garden in you. And it's like all of this beautiful flower and growth is coming out of your spirit. Like, what you look like spiritually is different to what you look like in this room. But how powerful if as a church, we actually operated and functioned and even interacted with each other with those thoughts of God, this is who you've called me to be. This is what's on my life. This is my part to play. But also this is who you are. And like I said, it's not about just being here on a Sunday because who you are, that image of you in the Spirit it goes into your family. It goes into your workplace. It goes into your next door's neighbor's house when you go for coffee. Like who you are doesn't change. We need to be the church 
We need to rise up as a church. But that that goes with you. And that should be, you should be doing more ministering, more praying for people, more seeing more God encounters through your week than what you do an hour here on a Sunday. And if you don't, why not? Like we're here for an hour together and there's power when we meet together. Like I said, I'm all for 100% the church, the body of Christ meeting and gathering. But think of all the other hours that you're outside of this building. Your God doesn't change. Who you are in the spirit doesn't change. But sometimes we forget and we hide our light under a little basket and we go about our day, we go to work, we come back, we watch the news and it's like you're a little turtle shuffling around with a basket on you. And then you come to church and then it's like, turtles out and we're all shining little bright lights. But then before you walk out of the door, okay, basket on. Little turtle. And you shuffle around under your little basket. No, 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 no. If you're doing that, stop. (laughs) Because that is not who God's called you to be. He's called you to be a city on a hill. Not even just like a little speck, little tiny flicker of light. A city on a hill. He's called you to be salt of the earth. Not just on a Sunday, but every single day, the roar of revival has not stopped church. Let's not become like little cats starting to purr because we don't want to roar. The roar is still there. The roar should still be inside you. That desire to see God be God and salvations and healings and kingdom. And when we talk about revival, it's not a revival that comes and goes. That has been in the past, especially for some of the older people in church. When you hear revival, you think of, you know, something that lasts for a moment and everyone goes kind of crazy and then it's gone and people are left confused at what just happened. It's not that. When I'm talking about revival, I'm just talking about kingdom. I'm just talking about the church being the church, the church loving people, being kind, being generous, seeing salvation, seeing healing, seeing breakthroughs, walking with people through life, doing the journey with people, discipling people. All of that in my heart is revival in Jesus' name. Remembering who God is, not being so caught on the small thing that you forget about the new thing that He wants to do. Can we just put up as well that code three slide? When Benar and I first took on the church two years ago, we believed that there were certain things about who we were called to be as a church. And we made it really clear because we don't want to trick people. to being a part of our church. We don't want to like try and coax you in and be like, ooh, come to our church. And then you get in here and you're like, whoa, you guys, I don't know what you, be- this is what you believe. We were really clear up front what we believed as a church. And it's on our website. If you need to go and read it, it's on our website. But this is something that we believe that we are. This is code three. There's 12, 12 codes. This is one of our codes, the third one. We believe that we are revival. And this little section is so key. We pray that God would move, yes, and we pray that He would use us. We don't sit under our basket praying just for God to move. We pray that He'd use us to move. We believe that God is in us. And every time we move, there is a move of God. Let's not complicate it, church. Let's not make it difficult. We have an incredible builder at our house at the moment. He's amazing. I think sometimes he gets a little bit freaked out at me because I'm, I'm just so excited. We're getting a deck built and it's been like a couple of years coming. So every time he's done a little bit of work, I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. And he's like, whoa, you're super excited about this. 
But every time I move, every time I have a conversation with him, every time that I bring him a cup of coffee, every time I ask how he's going, I'm moving, but God is in me. So there is a move of God happening in that conversation. I am sowing seeds of revival in his heart every time that I talk to him. I believe I'm not just going to sit in my house and pray for him as he's at my house going, God, I just pray that you would touch his heart. I just pray that as I sit in my room, that he would just feel the presence of God. I mean, I can do that and there's power in that. But when I actually pray that and then act it out as well, He's encountering the Holy Spirit every time He talks to me. He's encountering the power of God every time I bring Him a cup of coffee in Jesus' name. So when we move, you are a move of God. Let's awaken our spirits again, church. Let's not become tired and dull and forget and wait for everything to go back to normal. No way. God is God today. He wants to use you now. Who you are has not changed There is power in you right now. So what I'm going to do in closing, in conclusion, is I'm actually just going to pray and I'm going to ask, we're just going to take a moment to begin with before we, yes. We're just going to take a moment because some of you have forgotten who you are. Some of you have forgotten, you see yourselves not even how you are naturally. You might see yourself smaller than what you are, more damaged than what you are. You might see yourself as somebody who is just broken and falling apart and messy. Or you might see yourself as someone who has so much disappointment. You might see yourself as someone who you have these good ideas about who, what you could do for the kingdom, but you doubt that God will want to use you. I just, I want us to give us a moment. I want to give us a moment for the Holy Spirit just to remind you because I can talk and talk and talk, which I can. Um, But again, it's better if He talks to you. It's better if He ministers to your heart. So why don't you just close your eyes where you are? And Father God, I just invite you to speak that you would remind us Number one, if we have forgotten who you are, man, we are, we are so sorry and we repent, Father. Well, we repent for stopping and limiting you and waiting and pu- pushing pause and saying when it goes back to normal, then God will move. When it goes back to normal, then revival will happen. We repent in our hearts if we've thought that, if we've forgotten that you are still God, (laughs) number one. And number two, God, if we've forgotten who we are, if we've been so focused on the hurt, on the pain, on the disappointment, or maybe we've never even really realised who we are. Some of us have forgotten And some of us haven't even realised yet. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you as we take a moment from wherever anyone is listening at, that you would remind us or you would reveal to us again who we are in your eyes, that you have given us all authority, that we are sons and daughters We are called to be a city and a light on a hill. 
So Holy Spirit, I just invite you to speak. Thank you, God.